98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, Anson Chan says there is precedent for granting amnesty to people charged over the extradition protests. The Democratic Party calls on Carrie Lam to create a more diverse cabinet and the Ombudsman criticizes health authorities for wasting cheap beds in private hospitals. Former Chief Secretary Anson Chan says Carrie Lam's statement that the extradition bill is dead will do nothing to ease tensions in society. She said the chief executive's refusal to withdraw the bill reflected her stubborn character and an independent inquiry is needed so lessons can be learned from the affair. Mrs. Chan also said there's a precedent for meeting another key demand of protesters, an amnesty for those involved in clashes with police. Amnesty is nothing new. We've had, we've done it before. In the mid-1970s, after the setting up the ICAC, the police actually, 2,000 of them, surrounded the ICAC building, demanding that the government draw a line mm. uh, before the enactment of the uh, bill. And after um, consideration, the then governor, um, Lord McLehol, was actually granted an amnesty. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe says the chief executive's response over the extradition saga may only serve to inflame the situation. Mr. Toe says Carrie Lam should at least shoulder the political blame and reform her executive council. The public can understand that many people from outside with quite different opinion with the existing cabinet will offer the opinion in future, offer alternative advice to the CE in handling difficult situations. Mr. Toh also says it's important for people not non-traditional political, for people of non-traditional political backgrounds to be heard, suggesting key opinion leaders or KOL as potential candidates. I venture to say, if the government does wish to listen to alternative voice in a closed-door situation, like in the Executive Council, they may appoint one or two KOL in the internet who every day attract 100,000 people to listen to their clips. Those younger academics who may not be thinking all the same with so-called the mainstream pro-establishment camp, I think that is vitally important. Members of the Labour Party have filed a report with the police seeking a criminal investigation into allegations that officers used excessive force to clear anti-extradition bill protesters from the streets of Mongkok on Sunday. Chaotic scenes broke out when officers in riot gear dispersed the demonstrators who had earlier taken part in another rally in Chimsatsui. Speaking outside police headquarters, the party chairman Stephen Kwok said they'd collected five videos as evidence. We discovered that uh, there is some uh, violence act by the police force to hit the protester or to kick the protester, even they are subdued by uh, the police force. We think that it is unacceptable, and so that we bring uh, the videos to the uh, police station to report uh, the crime. The ombudsman says it be, will begin a deeper investigation into health authorities' use of cheap beds in private hospitals after a preliminary report said they're being wasted, particularly during flu surges when public facilities are overcrowded. Francis Seat reports. The hospital authority has agreements with two private hospitals, St. Teresa's in Kowloon City and the Hong Kong Aventis in Chunwan, which are required to provide at least one-fifth of their beds at $120 per day, the same rate as the cheapest public beds. The two hospitals provide 164 such beds between them, and the Department of Health is responsible for monitoring the situation. However, the Ombudsman's preliminary inquiry found that only 35 patients were referred during the 2017 summer flu surge. 
research and 25 patients the following winter. Public hospitals frequently ran at over 100% capacity during these periods. The ombudsman Winnie Chu said the small number of referrals shows a problem with the referral mechanism. She said her office will begin a more thorough investigation and try to identify areas for improvement. LaSalle College has once again produced the most students with top grades in the Diploma for Secondary Education examination, with three pupils obtaining the highest score of five stars for all seven subjects. The Diocesan Girls' School produced two top achievers, while students at other traditional elite schools, such as the Diocesan Boys, Queen College, and St. Paul's Coeducational College, also performed well. The British Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt has strongly criticized President Trump for his verbal attacks on the Prime Minister Theresa May. In a tweet, the President had called her foolish and her approach to Brexit a disaster. Mr Hunt also objected to the President's description of the Ambassador Kim Darroch as wacky and a pompous fool after emails from him were leaked to a British newspaper. Mr Trump has insisted he won't deal with Mr Darroch. The U.S. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortegas was asked whether her department would sever ties with Mr. Derrick. I don't speak for the president here, so I would refer you to the White House for anything related to his comments. Um, we don't have any, anything, any new direction to give on that. We will continue to deal with all accredited individuals um, until we get any further guidance from the White House or the president, which we will, of course, uh, abide by the president's direction. A fiery television debate between the two contenders to become Britain's next prime minister has been dominated by Brexit. The frontrunner to lead the governing Conservatives, Boris Johnson, again promised to take Britain out of Europe by the end of October. He said he was best placed to unite the country, but his opponents, Jeremy Hunt, said he appealed more to non-Conservatives. They were asked about the possibility of suspending Parliament to force through a no-deal Brexit, something Mr Hunt wasn't in favour of. When that's happened in the past, when Parliament's been shut down against its will, we've actually had a civil war. And I think it would be a rather curious thing to do if this is about taking back control for Parliament to actually shut it down. So my answer to that is no. How about you, Boris? Well, I'm not going to take anything off the table any more than I'm going to take ah, no deal so no answer. off the table. And I think it's absolutely bizarre at this stage in the negotiations for uh, the UK yet again to be weakening its own position. The United States' top general says the U.S. is seeking to set up an international military coalition to safeguard strategic waters off Iran and Yemen. Last month, Washington blamed Iran for attacks on two tankers in the region. The BBC's Peter Bowes reports. According to Marine General Joseph Dunford, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the United States has come up with a plan to form an international military coalition. He said the US was engaging with a number of countries. The goal would be to establish a group that ensures freedom of navigation in the Strait of Hormuz and the Bab el-Mandeb, strategic waters that are vital trade routes in the region. General Dunford said it was hoped that nations with the political will to support the initiative would be identified in the next two weeks. A former U.S. diplomat has been jailed for 40 months for trading sensitive State Department documents with Chinese intelligence agents in exchange for lavish gifts. Candace Claiborne was also fined 40,000 U.S. dollars. The Assistant Attorney General for National Security, John Demmer, said Chinese intelligence officers had convinced Claiborne to trade her integrity and classified U.S. data to enrich herself and her family. The Australian government has pledged to hold a referendum on changing the Constitution to recognize the rights of Aboriginal people. It says the vote will be held within the next three years. The BBC's Howell Griffith is in Sydney. 
Australia's been home to Aboriginal people for over 50,000 years, but since European settlement in the 18th century, their place as the country's first people has never been formally recognised. In 2017, a meeting of Indigenous leaders called on the government to establish an advisory board that would represent them in Parliament, an idea rejected at the time. But now, under Prime Minister Scott Morrison, the government says it wants to put the idea of constitutional change to the nation in a referendum. And just in, 13 people are in critical condition with carbon monoxide poisoning following a build-up of the gas at a hotel in the Canadian city of Winnipeg. More than 40 people in total had to be taken to hospital after an automatic alarm alerted authorities at the Super 8 Hotel. Firefighters have been ventilating the building and are investigating the source of the buildup. France has announced a range of green taxes on flights from its airports, proceeds from which will be used to offset the environmental impact of air travel. The levies will be introduced next year. Funds raised about 200 million US dollars will go to improving alternative transport, notably local trains. France's transport minister is Elisabeth Borne. It will be progressive and it will translate into a contribution of €1.50 per ticket for a domestic flight or one within the European Union in economy class and it can go up to €18 for a flight outside the European Union in business class. It will apply to all airline companies departing from France, whatever their nationality, so that there is no question that our flag carrier will find itself at a disadvantage. Shares in some European airlines fell at the news. Critics argue there's no evidence that such taxes make people shun flying. A sister of the most powerful man in Saudi Arabia, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, has gone on trial in France over allegations that a workman was beaten on her instructions. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. Princess Hassa bint Salman was not in court to face the charges against her and her bodyguard. Ashraf Aid, a workman repairing a basin in her luxurious apartment in one of the most exclusive areas of Paris, says the princess ordered her bodyguard to beat him up after he was seen taking a photo. He says he needed the picture to help him do his work. But the princess allegedly suspected him of taking the photo in order to sell it. Mr Eid says he was tied up and ordered to kiss her feet. Even more lurid details have been reported in the French media. Princess Hassa, who's known in Saudi Arabia for her charity work, denies the charges. After more than eight decades, production of the VW Beetle, one of the most recognizable cars in history, has ended. The last plans to build it is in the Mexican city of Puebla. The BBC's Will Grant reports. After more than 80 years and millions of cars off the production line, the Volkswagen Beetle is about to become extinct. No more its humpbacked hood or its air-cooled rear engine. Gone its two-door design and famously weak horsepower, this is the end of the line for the much-loved vehicle. The Beetle has been on a long road from its conception between Ferdinand Porsche and Adolf Hitler as a people's car for Nazi Germany to the flower power colour schemes of the hippie generation and beyond. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.90 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents, the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 72 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 28,208, that's 85 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at 36 billion dollars. Sports, here's Adam Jones.
We start with tennis. The men's quarterfinal matches at Wimbledon will be played tonight. The lineup is dominated by three of the greatest players of all time. With 53 grand slams between them, here are Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, and first 20-time grand slam winner Roger Federer. I think it's going to be tough. Plus, he's getting into quarters with a uh, with a lot of energy. Uh, I'm a big fan of his game. I think he's got one of the best backhands in the game, you know, that we have right now. But uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm excited to be the quarters, of course. Feeling comfortable. I'm playing well. What happened last year is past, and I can't compare. But here I am, quarterfinals, positive feelings, and now we're not a tough match. It's always the aim to reach the final stages of Grand Slams. These are the the biggest events in our sport. So obviously, I always try to set my form so I can play my best in these tournaments and I try not to take things for granted obviously to get to a final eight is, is a great result uh, but we keep on going. Djokovic takes on number 21 seed David Goffin of Belgium. Nadal plays the unseeded American Sam Querrey. Federer faces the only man left from the top 20 besides those big three that's Japan's Kenishikori. The first semi-final at the Cricket World Cup between New Zealand and India will resume later today after rain stopped play at Old Trafford. New Zealand won the toss and chose to bat. They were restricted to just 211 for 5 from their 46.1 overs before the weather intervened. Former New Zealand captain Jeremy Coney believes their bowling attack could still give them a fighting chance. I would like to see them start with their most dangerous bowlers. They need to somehow get some section of play where they feel much better about themselves. To do that, I think they have to claim one or two wickets if they can in the first ten overs. No one knows exactly how it'll go, but at least you've had a crack at doing that. And then you can always, after three overs, pull them out if it's not working. If New Zealand don't pick up wickets, in those first 10, India will go ahead and win this match. The hosts England take on the defending champions Australia in the second semi-final. That match will be played tomorrow at Edgbaston. And we finish with baseball. The American League continued to dominate the annual All-Star Game as they held off the National League to win the Midsummer Classic for the seventh year in a row. AL pitchers combined for 16 strikeouts in a 4-3 victory in Cleveland. Shane Bieber of the hometown Indians struck out all three of the batters he faced and was named MVP. Aroldis Chapman of the New York Yankees tossed a perfect ninth inning to give the AL their 19th victory in the last 22 All-Star Games. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. To end the news, our top stories once again. Anson Chan says there is precedent for granting amnesty to people charged over the extradition protest. The Democratic Party calls on Carrie Lam to create a more diverse cabinet. And the Ombudsman criticizes health authorities for wasting cheap beds in private hospitals. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dream or was it real? We crossed the line and it was on. We crossed the line, it was on this line. I've been denying how I feel. You've been denying what you want. You want to me, talk to me, baby. I want some satisfaction. Take me to the stars. Just like, oh, 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 o
hesitations, this is all. 